I said, are you ready? For what? The horror bros. Alright everybody, welcome back to another edition of Horror Bros. I'm your host Jason Johnson along with... Yeah, let's do it. JT. Nice, nice. <laughs> Seems like there's a lot of... Like my brother became a coke addict over the last couple of... <laughs> Now, uh, yeah, we're we're a little late with this episode because of a couple of reasons. One, winter storm from hell. Yeah. Uh, which Jason lives in Texas. I live in Louisiana. He definitely got the brunt of it. Um, yeah, caught a little hell there for I, a bit. I was just slightly depressed that I couldn't um, get out of the house because the whole point of this staycation was, oh, I was stuck in the house last time. Yeah. Now I can go places. You're not going anywhere, said God. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, anyway. But anyway, I, how are you guys doing in Texas? I did want to ask. Oh, we're doing, we're doing fine now. I mean, hell, it, you know, uh, after that initial few days and then it just all melted off and everything went back to normal. <laughs> yeah. Is it, but. it's like Louisiana. I'm, I'm sitting here in 80 degree weather today going, what, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, literally, like, that That Friday, I think, after it all went through, no, it was probably more like Sunday. It had finally, it got so warm here that, like, I looked at Jack and said, man, I really wish we had had a winter. And, I mean, you know, we just came out of the winter storm of the century for for Texas. So and, and What was crazy is I took that vacation, right? Yeah. And everyone else was off, too, because the bank was closed that whole week. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I could have saved my vacation time. Yep. Uh, but last week we didn't do it though because that was my fault because the bank was we got hit hard, so I ended up working till close right every day, and and it was just getting back. I was tired and just wanted to right. take a break. Yeah. Um. But uh, anyway, so. What are the one I, I guess we can now get this? Yeah, started. I was going to ask you what uh, what movie are we doing today? Man, on this week of week's edition of Horror Bros, we have a film that's here to teach you that if you have to build a new real uh, realty development location, do yourself a favor and remove all the bodies first before you start building. Of course, we're talking about 1982's Poltergeist, a film from producer Steven Spielberg and horror master director Toby Hooper. Now, there has been some controversy surrounding this film about a family that is being terrorized by ghosts in their home. This includes mm -hmm. who really directed the film and a supposed quote-unquote curse due to the unnatural deaths of some of the film's cast members. Yeah. However, we'll talk more about that later after we've covered the film itself. The main cast includes Joe Beth Williams as Diane Freeling, the mother who thinks it's all fun and games at first. Craig T. Nelson as Stephen Freeling, the father who has an understandably more creeped out response to the ghouls that they are now facing off against. Dominique Dunn as, uh, or Dunn? Dunn. It's Dunn. Dunn. Dominique Dunn as Dana Freeling, the older sister who doesn't really seem to do much at all. Mm -hmm. Oliver Robbins as Robbie Freeling, the brother who has a fear of clowns and trees, but has a rad Star Wars toy collection, man. 
Beatrice Strait as Mar Dr. Martha Lesh, the paranormal investigator who knows that she and her team need more help. Richard Lawson as Dr. Ryan Mitchell, one of Martha's team members that watches over the footage and sound tech. Martin Casella as Dr. Marty Casey, a paranormal team member who has some strange late night eating habits and a far too close encounter with the paranormal. Yeah. And finally, no, sorry, I got more. James Karen as Mr. Teague. Stephen's boss that apparently likes to cut corners when building his houses over ancient burial grounds. Again, never a good idea. And finally, I've got two of them this time. That's why I got confused. Heather O'Rourke as Carrie Ann, uh, Carol Ann Freeling, the youngest daughter who famously proclaimed, They're here. And, of course, Zelda Rubenstein as Tangina Barons, the psychic spiritual medium that practically steals the show during the film's third act. Mm -hmm. I love this movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's a kicker. Here's a nice little kicker for this movie. No one dies. Yeah. Yeah. There's not one death in this movie. Yep. That's something that's always gotten, got, that's always captured me. And it's a PG film. Yeah. Now, granted, probably should have gotten an R for one scene in the movie, but yeah. Would have definitely had a PG 13 for one scene had in the it movie. Existed, yeah. Had it existed because the PG 13 rating did not come out until 1984. Yep. And Jason, pop quiz. What was the first film that got a PG 13 rating? Raiders of the Lost Ark. No. No, 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 no. Second one. Indi uh, uh, Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. That's the movie that inspired the creation of the Is PG -13. that what it was? Yeah, yeah. It would be the Patrick Swayze starring Red Dawn. Oh, I'll be damned. I didn't know that was the first one. I knew Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom had something to do with it because I remember vaguely, because, I mean, I was alive during all what? that, and it basically, whenever they ripped the heart out and all that, and they, you know, Kalima, Kalima, um, and I think that's, yeah, that's what it was now that you said that because... The whole thing was well, we gave it a PG thirteen because or PG because technically, but there should be something in between there because that was a bit what much. Happened, for them. What yeah. happened was is Raiders of the Lost. I mean, uh, Temple of Doom is the big one. That's yeah. the one that definitely inspired it because right. Spielberg. Uh, but other films were also taken into consideration as well, including, uh, I think gremlins yeah i think even goonies i think there was just a few films yeah. that were there they, they seemed to be in between but they didn't have a way to rate them yeah and perfectly Spielberg, fine for a teenager but you don't right. want to you know maybe let your kids under you know 13 right. go see yeah and, and spielberg is the one who went to the head of the mpaa and basically said to him look you almost gave me an r rating for temple of doom i think there's something in between here yeah. and while they, while the MPAA would never give credit to a, a, a director, yeah, uh, it wasn't long after he made that mention that the, that they announced the PG thirteen rating. So yeah, let's face facts here: Spielberg got a new rating created because yeah. Spielberg be Spielberg, right? So, <laughs> right. Uh, back to the movie itself. Uh, this movie, it's it's one of those movies that if you watch it and you've seen any other ghost stories. Yeah. You might think that this movie is a bit cliche, but this is another example of this movie created the cliches. It is the first, yeah. 
while also being inspired of the ghost trick films of the past, right? Uh, where practical special effects were used, but in this case, they wanted to make them look a lot more realistic. Yeah. Uh, which back in '82, they did. They did. I promise you, audience, they looked realistic back in the yeah. In '82, <laughs> you were like, "Holy shit, that tree! That tree is alive!" Yeah, <laughs> alive. God um, damn it! Why did they? Uh, you know, talk about just preying on people's fears and a uh, live tree. Uh, the, a fucking clown with the longest goddamn arms I've ever seen. You know, it, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah, the film starts off light enough. Uh, th- this will sound familiar. It starts off light enough. Small things happen before it, it escalates. Yeah. And, and, and first the girl's talking to the TV. Well, of course she's a little girl. It must just be talking to like imaginary friends or something. Right. I'm sure that's what they're thinking, you know? Uh, and then I think, you know, it escalates to non harmful events, yeah. which is really the beginning. The, the beginning of this is the chairs. Yeah. Uh, Diane, the the mother, goes into the kitchen with Carol Ann. She sees that the chairs are far apart from the table. She's like, did you do this? She's like, nah, they did. She puts the chairs back, takes her over to the counter, turns right around. Great effect, by the way. Chairs are all stacked up (laughs) on the table. And it's like, oh, shit, something's happening. So, (laughs) uh, What's funny about that is the the follow-up scene is we learn that uh, Steve is uh, Stephen Freeling is a, is one of the realtors of this location. He works for the company that helps sell these houses. That's how he's got a house there. And when he returns home, I love how the mother is just giddy as hell. The chair sliding down the wall. Yeah. And then she uses Carol Ann. And it's like here, here, daughter, here you 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 take a chance and yeah. slide down. <laughs> um, and. What's funny about that scene, little I'll go ahead and get to a little behind the scenes right out the gate. Um, there's an odd cut mm-hmm. where she's explaining it to him as he's sitting there just wide-eyed, like, uh-huh. And she's explaining it, and then it just suddenly cuts them talking to the neighbors, but it feels like a weird cut. Yeah. Well, in that when that scene starts, Carol Ann comes in and says, Mommy didn't cook anything. And she says, Oh, we'll get Pizza Hut later. She says that line. And they do the, the the movement, and and so what's supposed to happen is when she was finished explaining what was going on, like it feels like something's pulling you and all that. Yeah, it was going to pause on him, and he was just going to go, "I hate Pizza Hut." Yeah, and then they were going to cut to the neighbors. You didn't want to piss off a real food chain, so right. they had to do an odd sort of cut there. Yeah, um, but yeah, so it starts off. Back to the movie, it starts off light. It starts off with, with things like that happening. Um, I will say this about the movie. I don't know if there's more to do with the older daughter in the original script. Yeah. But I constantly find myself questioning why the older daughter even exists in the story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because she has no purpose. Yeah. She has no major scene except to scream with a hickey on her neck at the end of the movie. Yeah. That seems to be it. Um, or maybe the whole purpose was just to create a really creepy scene 
with the construction workers. Yes, a very creepy on scene. a fucking high school kid. Yeah. This is the creepiest thing in this horror movie. And flashing back to her mother just laughing about it. Because yeah, like, boys will be boys. And, <laughs> and my daughter flipped them off, so yeah. it must be okay. Right. And then later on, she is so... She is so easy to walk over because then we cut to a scene of one of these guys eating her breakfast and drinking her coffee through the window and you got good coffee and she just lowers the blinds. No, like I'm going to call the fucking cops on you. Yeah. If you don't get back to doing your job or call your boss at the very least. Right. (laughs) The weird shit, man. But, uh, you know, you're talking about fears, The, the very thing you're watching it on. Makes you fear a goddamn television set. You know, that's what I love about this movie is you're exactly right. No one dies. Not one person dies. But it just, it's every little scene, every time the poltergeists do their thing to fuck with people in the real world, it's just something to just fuck with your brain, you know, and and just make you scared as shit. Uh, And of course, like the, the, the main thing that happens is when things really they have one really bad night where the tree goes nuts yeah. and and the room starts to fly everything starts to fly around and the right. and the closet sucks Carol Ann in it and that's where the movie really like starts as a horror film it, right. it's it's the point where uh they don't know where she is but then they hear her, but she's in the TV yeah. Yeah. and this is where we get something we've actually, this is again, this is something that like kind of has a fresh spin on it, but we've seen like in the exorcist and whatnot, they go to get help. Yeah. Not to the cops. Cause in this case, I understand they're hearing her daughter's voice in the TV. Cops are just going to think she's crazy. Right. So Stephen Freeling, uh, actually goes, uh, to get the uh, help and goes and gets the paranormal investigators. I do want to mention real quick, I like that they show Steven as a loving father in this movie. Yeah. Because in these kind of movies, usually the father is the distant, working, yeah. not necessarily a bad guy, but he's just distant, he's off. No, they show him, like, he goes in there and he's like, count to, you know, when the lightning hits, start counting. And I guarantee you, if, it count, if you can count further, it means it's going further away. Which I really wanted that scene to play just once. I would love that scene to play. All right. Now you counted to three. I bet you this time you count to four. Oh, there's the lightning. One. God damn it. Fuck. Yeah. Um, all yeah. right, come on. Get in the bed with me. <laughs> uh, well, that and, you know, also typically in these movies, the dad, especially these like ghost tales, you know, these poltergeist type things. It The dad is the guy that plays the foil to the typically I believe in this shit mom. And the yeah. guy, the dad will sit there and be like, no, there's no way. Why are we? But they didn't do that with this. He's like, no, I'm going to go get some people to figure this shit out. <laughs> this house is fucked up. Oh, and one of my favorite scenes is when the paranormal investigators, he's taking them to the room for the first time. Yeah. And, and he's like, yeah, what's traced this uh, toy, uh, toy car moving? Yeah. Uh, inconceivable to the human eye, but I did a time lapse video. Moved like six inches. And he's just like, and, and Greg, Craig T. Nelson with that wonderful deadpan comedic delivery that he's got. It's like, yeah. uh huh. And just opens yeah. the door and all the shit's flying around. Yeah. Um, and that's what's great too because 
I like the fact that they get the paranormal team in on it real quick. The yeah. paranormal team's not going like, let's listen for pipes. Let's listen for a, a receiver somewhere. They suggest all that. Right. But once they see that room, they're pretty much like, look, I don't think it's an outside receiver. I'll check to be sure. But shit's going down in this house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is the, it's like those, it's, it, it, to me, it's so funny because it's, you know, you see all these ghost hunter shows on TV and shit. And you see this, you know, weird, you know, they'll, they'll have like a weird camera flash and, oh, they'll make a big fucking deal out of it. It's, this movie is like, what would happen if those people actually went into a house that was actually fucking haunted? And how much they would start to shit themselves if shit really was going on. You know, I mean, like what's happening oh, yeah. in this place, you know? Um, also, I, I want to praise uh, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas's friendship. Yeah. Because, my God, Star Wars is all over this movie. Yeah. Like, there was, that kid has got Star Wars stuff. And this is pre-Return of the Jedi. So that's a collection that's worth something. Yeah, and that, now now the ghost have fucked that up. That kid's not going to get any money from that collection. That's yeah. that's what yep. was disturbing me. Uh, yeah. during this most recent viewing, it's all but, fucked uh, up now, man. <laughs> but, but I will say that the, the the effects are still pretty good. I mean, once you get into the mindset, this is and prepare to feel old, Jason. This is an almost forty year old film. Yeah, I know, I know. It's gonna be it's gonna be forty next year. I can't. It just that blows my mind, but um, the effects are actually really good. And my one of my favorites is like the simple one of like when she's in the when she falls in the pool at the towards the uh, towards the end, yeah. and, and the coffins start coming up, and the skeletons are there, and, right, and all that. And I'll say one thing, just to go ahead and jump ahead a little bit to the ending, practically. Uh, the imploding house when everything yes. finally closes off. That's still a good looking effect. man. It's a great looking effect even for now. And, yeah. and I'll be honest with you. This is one of those. And I've heard rumors that they are going to remake this film. I don't know if it's true or not. Well, they already remade it once. Well, yeah. Yeah. And it sucked <laughs> ass, but, but I've heard it. I've heard there's going to be another reboot. Here's my problem with it. Um, this movie with computerized effects, no, it doesn't it, work. It does not work. These practical effects are, um, are 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 so good, and it's what makes it seem real. You get James Wan to do it, and it yeah. could probably work today. Yeah, yeah, because probably. because he'll find new practical right. effects today that would make it work. Yeah, because he he hates using CGI if he doesn't have to. Yeah. Uh, in in those low budget horror films, right. Yeah. Now, you mentioned earlier a couple of controversies on this film. The, the main one being, of course, the curse. And I know about that. I'll I'll talk a little bit on uh, Dominic Nunn, Dunn later. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, the, the what is this controversy about? Who actually directed it? I don't know anything about this. Is it? I mean, we're, we're, yeah. we're going to get that to that here in a second. There's okay. just two things I want to mention real quick. Okay. Um, the. Uh, I also like that this film, there are plenty of horror films where mm. our characters, for the sake of the script, do stupid things that they don't really have to do, yeah. such as keep it to them fucking, to their fucking selves. Right. 
I like how this movie gave them a reason to keep it to themselves because he goes to the neighbor's house to be like, hey, uh, <laughs> funny thing, uh, anything moving in your house? Yeah. And the dude's just looking at him like he's crazy. And then at the next scene, he's like, uh, we can't tell anyone about this shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> because, and then he goes to the paranormal investigator. So I like that aspect of it too. They yeah. actually address that that old right. school problem with the horror film. Well, and, and you know, that's just my luck too. I would, you know, you got these new housing developments that have a million houses in them. And my house is the goddamn one that is picked to have the fucking portal to the next realm in it. You know, <laughs> it's like, can I fucking win anything? Um, and real quick, this was the thing I know I needed to mention. Uh, Zelda Rubenstein. Yes, Tangina comes in as the person who just steals this movie. I think that aside from Carol O'Rourke, she is the most tied to Poltergeist. Yeah, uh, mostly sure. because of the way she says Caroline, yeah. Caroline, yeah, and then of course the immortal line, "This house is clean." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, however, my favorite quote: "It does not belong to her." My yeah. favorite moment does not belong to her. You know what it is. It's Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. When he confronts his boss. Yeah. <laughs> you moved the tombstones, but you didn't move, move the, the bodies. bodies. Didn't yeah. you? Yeah. And then yeah. I noticed now that, like, I noticed through this viewing, I don't know how I didn't notice this. At the end, you just hear this blood curdling. Like, yeah, and it's him yeah. saying that, and it's but that line, yeah, the you move the the tombstones, but you didn't move the bodies. Yeah, is my favorite line. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, of this movie. But uh, the movie itself, though, I mean, it's fantastic uh, as a horror film. It's fantastic as a Steven Spielberg film because I do think it belongs in his library of films because he came up with the story. He is just the producer. Yeah, and uh, speaking of which, yeah, yes. Um, there, Steven Spielberg gave an interview in the LA times that suggested where he suggested that he had to pretty much become a shadow director of this film. Yeah. And that Toby Hooper couldn't quite comprehend some of the things they were trying to do. And so he had to step in a lot. Um, that blew up. And everyone was like, who really directed Poltergeist? Toby Hooper or Steven Spielberg? Now, a little bit of setup for anyone who might ask, well, why didn't Spielberg direct it? Spielberg was directing E.T. the Extraterrestrial at this time. And he was under contract with Universal that he would direct no other films while he was directing uh, E.T. So he needed a director for Poltergeist because Poltergeist was moving forward as well. Yeah, And so they got Toby Hooper. Um, and Spielberg, I'm gonna go ahead and say right now, Spielberg has already said that his comments about Toby Hooper were taken out of context and it was not meant to show that Toby Hooper was not the director. I think what that was kind of what, from what I've been able to piece together was he was saying that there Spielberg was on the cutting edge of special effects, something that Hooper wasn't quite proficient at and i think he helped a little bit more with the special effects just like lucas jumped in on empire and return and helped with the special effects while someone else directed those films something like that 
The other thing that led to the controversy is a lot of cast and crew members have said con- contradicting things about who directed the film as well. Mm-hmm. And the reason for their confusion is, I think, is that Toby Hooper, because he knew this was Spielberg's story, gave Spielberg as a producer a lot more creative input than producers normally would get. Right. And so it almost was, it, I would say at best, it was almost a, co, a co-directorial effort. Yeah. But Toby Hooper directed this fucking movie. Uh, a yeah. lot of the primary cast members, Craig T. Nelson, a lot of them said, no, he directed the movie. Spielberg was there a lot. Spielberg yeah. was on set way more than a producer usually is. Yeah. But this was Toby Hooper's film. It was just Steven Spielberg's story. So that's kind of where this controversy comes from. It comes, it, and what kills me is it, it all trails back to an original LA Times article yeah. where they took took just a couple of comments that Spielberg made uh, out of context. Like so much, so, and Spielberg went to co- correct it so much so that he took out a full page letter to oh, address wow. to address the issue of saying, "Look, yeah. he directed the movie." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, sadly, it did affect Toby Hooper's career, though. His career kind of didn't go anywhere, although it should have fucking skyrocketed from this movie yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't. Somehow, this controversy just kind of stuck with him, and it actually cost him work. It was kind of a weird thing, where, or, and, and it cost him cost him credibility. So, like, he ended up doing, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and other things, like, just to have something else to do. He, he never really got the career that I think he was justly deserved. Yeah. And one of the big reasons was because of the quote unquote controversy that was generated for who directed the poltergeist. Yeah. It's not unsimilar to how, um, idiot controversies get started on the internet today. Right. Except this one just happened through hearsay and the old fashioned way. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but with that out of the way, uh, I don't want to cover the quote unquote curse itself. Yeah, no, no, too terribly much because it's been covered everywhere else. Everyone says there's a curse. Now, here's why I think the curse is fucking stupid. Yeah. The curse was traced back to the fact that they used real skeletons in the movie. They got real skeletons from a college that where they were donated for medical research and all that stuff. Right. And they weren't going to use them anymore. So the production team said, we'll take them and we'll use them. Right. And suddenly people, and there's this one documentary I watched on the curse for this show where there was this, there's always the believer, you know, the it's aliens guy. Yeah. There's always that yeah. guy. Well, in this one, that guy in the show was like, and as you know, you never desecrate a grave in which I literally screamed in my room. To myself, to no one at all. They weren't in a grave. Yeah, they were donated to they a college. Didn't <laughs> desecrate a grave. It, Jesus Christ. Well, it's that, uh, and, and, and you know the the. Of course, uh, what what's her name? Carol Ann. The oh, what's her name? Carol O'Rourke. Carol O'Rourke. Yeah, that that's of course a tragic story you know of a lot oh, he- heather o'rourke heather I o'rourke I've, yeah i yeah. think i've said that name carol o'rourke a couple times yeah. in this episode but heather o'rourke heather o'rourke so. yeah um it, it's a tragic uh that's a tragic story of just something that you know it's so young and and all that now 
um, I'll say this much about the the Dominic Dunn death. Um, that one is extremely tragic. Uh, murdered. Um, <sighs> Only a few months after the film's release. Right. And uh, uh, I don't know if you know her father, Dominic Dunn. He's she's named after him. He um, he wrote. He was a writer, and he covered her trial extensively. It was a lot of way him doing therapy. Um, he is now one of the biggest uh, true crime writers in the country, and um, also uh, has hosted several true crime shows. Uh, that all came out of this. Um, but because he's just, you know, he's kind of like with the, uh, you know, Adam Walsh, you know, his dad kind of got obsessed with it and yeah. went ahead on to take that grief and do something with it. Um, uh, her, okay. her brother's an actor, actually. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, this is, real quick, this is not only a tragic death in and of itself, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is already bad enough. Yeah. And yeah, I didn't know that about the father. Yeah. Um, but it's also a tragedy of the justice system because yeah. what happened was, is for those who don't know, she was strangled by her boyfriend, uh, John Thomas Sweeney and fell into a coma. Uh, she never regained consciousness and she died five days later. Yeah. And she was 22 years old. Like, that's another thing. She was incredibly young. Right. Sweeney, at the trial, they had gotten evidence about a past girlfriend uh, in an abusive relationship with him. The judge didn't want it at the trial. They had gotten other evidence of this yeah. guy being violent, that right. this should have been a first-degree murder charge. Yeah. The judge wouldn't hear it, like, wouldn't have any of that evidence admitted for whatever reason. No Which one is, knows yeah. really why. And because that evidence wasn't there, yeah. they could only convict him of voluntary manslaughter, and he served two and a half years, yeah. and he was out. Yeah. And now the judge was running out of town. He, he yeah. had to go to a whole other district because this caused a lot of controversy at the time. But it's one of the... It's one of those examples we have of where, for whatever, I don't know who paid this judge. Yeah. That was my guess when I was watching this. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know who paid this judge or what, but it's a tragedy of the justice system that that dude didn't get life or yeah. at least a lot more time than what he did. Yeah, and it, it really is. Um, it for it will, and it also forced the country to look at, you know, a. Uh, uh, some of these laws, I mean, uh, the, uh, of course, that was 82. We have had so many laws come about because of uh, famous domestic abuse cases, famous stalker cases. Uh, and, of course, laws always come to kind of bolster laws that are already there. Now he probably would be sent to prison for life for what he did, uh, you know, especially now in psychology. We, we know it's a well-accepted fact that past behavior predicts future behavior. So, yeah. it, you know, that, that type of evidence will be uh, it will be allowed in court now. And so he probably would. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's a, it was a tragedy. All right. And I and, and I just want to say we here at Horror Bros, uh, as well as the other podcasts we record, uh, we are pro murderers getting as much time as possible in prison. 
Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I think that's, yeah. that's something we yeah. can all agree on, you know? Uh, and by the way, Jason, remind me before we finish, because we're mm-hmm. talking about, we, yeah. right now we're talking about the two most tragic things associated right. with this film. Right. Uh, Dominique Dunn is the first. I've got two fun facts that we will end the behind the yeah, scenes yeah, on. Yeah, 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 let's, so, let's, yeah. But, but first, well, one's sort of a fun fact, but almost resulted in someone getting killed. But we'll, we'll yeah. get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, the most tragic, but yet also the most strangest death, though, was yeah. Heather O'Rourke. Yes. Um, I never, until about a year ago, knew the full story about why she died so young. Yeah. Um, O'Rourke would actually go on to make Poltergeist and Poltergeist, uh, Poltergeist two and Poltergeist three, um, which came out in 88 and she was 12 years old. And if you watch Poltergeist three, you'll notice that she's a lot, uh, puffier, um, in in the movie. And there's actually a, a reason for that. She apparently drank some water that came from a well at her house. Yeah. And she contracted, uh, Giardiasis. Gr <laughs> it's it's from Giardia, but yeah, Giardi. Yes, Giardiasis. Yes, is what it's called. Giardiasis. Yeah. Uh, I swear to God, I look up the pronunciation for these, and it just goes right out my head <laughs> when I get here. But yeah, it, but for simpler reasons, it's also known as, as beaver fever yeah. because it's a rare parasitic disease. Mm-hmm. She got a parasite from the water. Mm-hmm. And it can be easily misdiagnosed, which is what happened here. She got misdiagnosed with Crohn's disease. Yeah. And she began exhibiting flu-like symptoms in 1988 and ended up dying of stenosis of the intestine and went into septic shock at the age of 12. Yeah. Uh, The reason... It's strange is the doctor said she should have had symptoms long before she got to the hospital, but due to the infection and how it came about, yeah. she didn't have any symptoms until it was too late Man, that's and crazy. she yeah. died. Um, it, it, it's just a nutty thing. And, and of course that added to there's a curse on these films because right. what happened was is Dominique Dunn died shortly after the first one. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, died shortly after the first one. Uh, at the second one, there is, uh, there was a, an actor in that one that also died. I think he's the Indian character in that movie. Yeah. I forget his name because I didn't, I didn't watch anything on Poltergeist 2 to prepare for this. Yeah. But he died not long after that movie was released. And then... Not long after Poltergeist 3 was released, Heather O'Rourke died. Yeah. So, it's just, I mean, I'm the biggest skeptic in the room. It's just a bunch of coincidence. Yeah. But this is a time when, like, if you can associate anything with a film, yeah, it's it's cool, almost. Yeah. Well, it's like, had, oh, the cursed Poltergeist, yeah. man. Just a few years earlier, we had had the cursed film, The Exorcist. Uh, you know, and so, yeah, it's, 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 this is another film dealing with death and ghosts and what happens after we die and all that. And so, yeah, it's just real easy to attach a curse to it. You know, it's kind of like the SNL curse, 
you, you know, SNL's been on the on, on for 45 years. Yeah, there's been a few cast members die in 45 <laughs> fucking years, but they still call it the SNL curse when any of them die. Well, another thing that led to the Poltergeist curse was a lot of things went wrong yeah. during the production of the film yeah. with the special effects. The problem is, is that if you're dealing with special effects that are built to work once, yep, they're especially there's a credo in the special effects world. If it's going to go, if it can go wrong, it will at some point, like it's going to happen. For example, one of my fun facts, the famous clown Mm -hmm. that strangles, uh, poor Oliver. Yeah. Well, the remote control malfunctioned. It tightened around his neck and everyone was like, Oh, he's given such a great performance. It's amazing. (laughs) He's such a good actor until Steven Spielberg noticed he's turning blue and realized the fucking thing was killing him and jumped in and ripped the clown off of him and probably saved his life. I'll be damned. (laughs) This kid is one hell of an actor. He's giving it his all. He really knows how to... Look at the way he is able to turn his skin blue. It's amazing. He's, He's... He's giving us his best job of the hut impression. Yes. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes. Yeah, so, but again, special effects, they're going to go wrong. It's not, that is nothing unique to Poltergeist. You're right. Uh, but my favorite fact is James Karen plays Mr. Teague, the greedy realty yeah. uh, boss of Steven. Now, I wondered where else I had seen him from. And I actually know where I'd seen him from. And I just, as a quick side note, he is in wall street. Yeah. Um, at the, the firm where Charlie Sheen works before Gordon Gecko. Yeah. He's the one with the cane. That's like, uh, always on his ass. And then when he like gets big, he's like, I always saw good things in you. And then when he gets busted at the end, it's like, I always knew you'd be trouble. (laughs) He just fucking changes his tune. Yeah. Uh, basically a good asshole in, yeah, in yeah, films. Yeah. Uh, however, he was known for a series of commercials that made him known as Mr. Pathmark. Uh, Pathmark is a now defunct grocery store chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after the film's release, several people wrote into the store saying they were going to stop shopping there because Mr. Pathmark treated the Freeling family so poorly. Jesus. That shows you, that. Jason. I know that, and we all I, wonder why Trump won. Uh, I should be, <laughs> I should be frustrated that there's that many dumb people in the world. Yeah, but I also get kind of giddy if this was maybe the beginning of the end of Pathmark, because Pathmark's yeah. now defunct. Yeah, what if this is the thing that killed him? Yeah, it killed Pathmark. <laughs> the and curse of the curse of Pathmark. Yeah, yeah. There you go. It's there. Um, but no, I look the, the curse thing. I, I I tried to look for other behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, uh, for the movie, it was a lot of generic stuff that we you would have heard on any of our other films and stuff right. like that. Nothing quite unique or anything of that nature. Uh, ultimately, though, this is one of my go to films come yeah. the Halloween season. Yeah, especially when I'm wanting that. Not hardcore experience. I'm wanting a film that's just kind of a good old fashioned ghost story. Yeah. That 
may not have very many like scares, right? But has but has loads of atmosphere, yeah. and and tone and and the effects are still fun to watch. And it's also this kind of time capsule for how they did effects uh, at that time. And uh, just a great movie. What are your final thoughts on it? Like your final oh, notes? I, I um, unfortunately I. It's been a long time since I've seen it, and it's still been a long time because I planned on watching it today, and we ended up having some internet problems here in our neighborhood because our cable was fucked up. And by the time it popped, yeah, by the time it came back up, uh, we uh, uh, it was too late for me to get the whole movie in and and watch it before the the show. So you know, um, from what I can tell you, from what I remember, because I, I watched it, I think I watched this movie probably. Uh, three four years ago, last time I watched it, and uh, I I I thoroughly loved the film. I loved seeing it in '84 uh, was the first time I ever saw it. I didn't get to see it in '82. We didn't go see films like this in theaters when I was little. Um, <laughs> when I was seven years old, um, well, actually six. I didn't turn seven till November '82. Uh, but then um. Uh, we got a our first VCR in like 82, oh. 84, I think. I think it was just before you were born, actually. And uh, it, we rented quick, this movie. Real quick, was it the same silver VCR that I'm remembering? No, that's or the second that one. Later? That's the second okay. one we had. The first one we had had the nice, you know how they took the the covers on them and they put some wood grain finish on it, yeah. you know, to make it look like a piece of furniture? Yeah, that was the first one we had. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, okay. So I'm remembering the one where they're like, you want to be techno eighties yeah. metal. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I remember loving it then, uh, which, you know, of course I was uh, eight, almost nine then. Uh, but then come up later on to, uh, uh, you know, a couple of years ago when I sat down and watched it, uh, or actually, when I finally watched it as an adult, it was kind of cool to watch it then and get uh, the story. Because at eight years old, you don't get the story. You yeah. just go, holy shit, that's fucking scary. What the fuck is this movie about? What's going on? Um, in fact, you know, so scary, in fact, for an eight-year-old that you actually, be uh, if you had told me right after I watched that movie uh, when I was eight years old that nobody died in it, I would have been like, Fuck you! Someone had to die in that. Did you see that? <laughs> and then, uh, um, it, but then watching it later on, of course, you're older and you're an adult, and now you 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 pay attention to the story and uh, and loved it even more then. So it's kind of one of those movies that kind of hit me at all the all the little kid wanting to be scared, adult wanting a good story. You know, it was everything. You know, and, and that's the the strange thing is like most horror films. As you're talking about seeing it for the first time, most horror films I can trace back either to you when I was was younger, yeah. or Dad when we would watch movies after our parents got divorced, and I can't trace back when I first saw this movie. This movie's just been yeah somehow it's in just my one life. of those yeah that you saw on a yeah. yeah. Probably and, on HBO or something, you know. And, and at some point in the late '90s, probably when I finally was watching films with Dad, right? We probably rented it, and I watched yeah. it again. Yeah. 
I can tell you right now, I know that I've seen the sequels, but I can't remember them at all. I was fixing to ask you, have you ever seen Two I, and Three? I, what I can remember is, is I remember that pretty much the whole family comes back in the second one. Yes. And that there is Reverend Kane, who's fucking creepy as hell. Yeah, the dude who looks um, dead uh, yeah. uh, 40 years before he actually died. Uh, yeah. 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 And, and then... Three, I do remember that three is the one I remember being again, I remember seeing it. I just don't remember the film very well. I remember mm-hmm. being mad at that movie because I never bought in, even when I was young. Yeah. Wait, the family sent Carol Ann away. Yeah, to like, live with her uncle. That, and, and, and yeah, give it up for Tom Skerritt, because he's a great actor, but by God, he could not save that movie. Yeah, and, and Nancy Allen, who played the aunt yeah, yeah. the aunt. Um but I, I just, I remember it was, see, yeah, I was set in a high rise, yeah. um, which there's, I want to say they recycled that from something because I've, in a lot of the behind the scenes I've seen on horror sequels yeah in, in various franchises, they all have an, an abandoned script where a main character from the previous film moved to a high rise and then got terrorized again by whatever it was. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you like, something. This is really... The, I don't, the original Halloween yeah. 2, actually. Yeah. Laurie Strode yeah. was supposed to be at a high-rise yeah. apartment building a few years after the first film, and yeah. Michael Myers comes back to her. But anyway. and I, Well, I, I, don't, I don't know if I if this is just me or if this is just something that maybe is kind of inherent in all of us. For me, ghost stories do not work in modern high-rise buildings. They have to be in single-family homes or mansions, something like that. You know, old mansions or something. I, whenever yeah. you modernize yeah. them, it just doesn't work. It does. It does not work for me. Um, I think it's because you're taking an old story type that you know where you associate it with house, haunted houses yeah. and 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 old houses at that. And, uh, or at least just your generic house, yeah, fam- family house, you, you associate it with that. So yeah, I, I, you're absolutely right. I think that, yeah, if you try to put it in a, if you put it in a condo at Miami beach, shit ain't going to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, now this, this, here's what I'll say. Uh, first off, I'll say this much, uh, and, and I think pretty much the world agrees with me. Uh, Poltergeist three garbage film. It's not good. The scenes where they had to do reshoots and they had to use a body double for Carol Ann and she's always got her head face pointed away from the camera and shit. You know what it is, and it's actually kind of creepy because you know the poor girl's dead. Quick fact. Um, Quick fact. They never had to use a body double. Yeah. But for some goddamn reason, MGM made them change the ending post her death, and that's why there's body That's what it is. Because the director... Because well, the director claimed that they never shot the original ending. Yeah. Until Shout Factory found the fucking ending and put it on the on the Blu-ray. I'll be damned. I'll be damned. And everyone was like, "So this whole film could have been Heather O'Rourke." Yeah. And, and and it wasn't. Now, I mean, I don't think that original ending would have made the film any better. Right. I haven't seen it. It was it was not that, good. That film was. That film was the problem with both Poltergeist two. Less Poltergeist 2, but especially Poltergeist 3, is that those are two sequels that where critics actually get it right. You're making a sequel for the sake of making a sequel. Yeah. And I think with stuff like low budget affairs, I don't know why, but like with Freddy Krueger or Jason or 
uh, uh, Michael Myers, that works somehow, like to just keep making sequels. Like yeah. it just, I yeah. think because we just kind of go for the event of those movies. Right. These are sequels to a film that has a solid beginning, middle and end. Yeah. And should never have a sequel. Well, as far it's one as, of those rare moments. Yeah. As far as two goes, I do understand the theory on that. Yeah. They're making a sequel just for a sequel. And I, and I get that. However, I will say this much for it. I did not like it when I was a kid and I saw it for the first time. Um, because uh, I was kind of like, what, what the fuck is this? You know, just give me a scary house, some shit flying at you. Yeah. Going back years later, and I watched it here. I watched that one probably the same time I last watched Poltergeist. Um, I actually enjoyed it. I mean, I don't enjoy it more than Poltergeist, but I enjoyed it more than I did when I was a kid. And well, the reason yeah. is, is because there's some actual yeah, there's some actual lore. Yeah, there's some actual lore and stuff in there. Yeah, uh, yeah. it 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 does deepen try to deepen the story. Yeah. more for why they're haunted and and right. why it's coming after them. And I think Poltergeist Two does benefit from the fact that the entire cast is back. Um, yeah, or well, at least those that could return. Um, yeah. They, they're back in the movie. But I, I did not say that to demean Poltergeist 2. Yeah. But it's just, it is true, though, that like those are two films yeah. that really, we would not have been, I don't think we would have been talking about Poltergeist today any differently, except we just wouldn't be mentioning the sequels. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I would, if I were, you know, if I were recommending films and I'd tell people, you definitely must see Polster, Poltergeist. Yeah. Uh, Poltergeist 2, give it a watch if it's there and you don't have to pay yeah. for it if it's on a streaming service or whatever. Uh, Poltergeist 3, avoid at all costs. Uh, and oh god, yeah. Oh, and Poltergeist <laughs> reboot the the Poltergeist movie that they rebooted it with. Avoid that motherfucker at, at all possible costs. In fact, if you uh, find copies of it, burn them. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I have not seen the reboot, yeah. So I can't uh, say anything good, yeah. bad, whatever. Just objectively, but at the same time, I'm also like, there's no way it could be good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's following up a classic that didn't need a re remake, man. Right, exactly. Although a friend, as some of my friends like to point out to me, uh, whenever I say, I don't need a remake, they'll be like, it's 30 years old. Fuck you. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> There are some films, though, that just don't. Now, there yeah. are some, and don't get me wrong, I am not one of these people that think no remake should have ever been made. Um, if you have a new, fresh take on a movie, and I know this is your stance, too, if you have a new, fresh take on a story and you can make it your own, go for it. Remake it. Give me something different, something special, you know, something that yeah. pays tribute to the original but also gives it your own spin. <coughs> That's fine. Um, when you uh, do a shot-for-shot shot fucking remake, what is the fucking point? I already There's have no that point. movie. Uh, yeah, I'll give you a couple of examples of remakes that I actually like. Yeah. Uh, one's not a horror movie, so I wanted. I was thinking like, okay, find a horror movie. Got it. But uh, the first one that's not a horror movie, I won't lie, I did not mind uh, the Karate Kid remake in 2010. No, it was because, a good take. Because they took, they took the core element of it and yep. did something else with it. My, my, when my biggest beef is that it should have been called the Kung Fu Kid, not the Karate yeah. Kid, yeah. then you must have done okay. Yeah, uh, now, but I do I, like how they handle that because I think there is a scene at one point where he's like, "Yeah, I want to learn karate." He's like, "No, not karate, kung fu." 
Yeah. You know, and so he, uh, they do actually take care and, of that in the film. And if anyone is going to succeed uh, Pat Morita as Miyagi, it's Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan. Chan Come on. Fucking sure. Um, yeah. But the horror film remake that I like, although I, I may be a little biased in this, I actually really enjoyed the, the Amityville horror remake. Really? With Ryan Reynolds. I've never seen Reynolds. that one. Yeah. Uh, with Ryan Reynolds. It's not bad. Uh, it's not the best thing ever. Yeah. But I think it's actually better than the original. Now, yeah. where I say that I'm biased, I'm not a big fan of the Amityville Horror. Um, I was just fixing to say, I have a real problem with those films because, A, I didn't like the Amityville Horror when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, and, B, um, I have seen too many documentaries uh debunking um the book and everything you know um and so yeah i'm not as i'm not an amityville horror fan <laughs> well i mean even going into it as a skeptic and knowing yeah. that the story is bullshit it, it's just not made that well i think yeah other films in the 70s were made better than that one yes and the best thing about that movie is James Brolin's performance. He, yes, he's absolutely. he's pretty solid in there. Uh, and thank and God for one, him because his son is a great actor. He yes, gave us a great actor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Josh Brolin is the son of James Brolin, for those who don't know. Yeah. Um, and also there's the one scene in Amityville Horror, and I'm going ahead and talking about it here because I'm never going to talk about Amityville Horror. Uh, yeah. it, and that is the... Uh, the get out scene where yeah, the, the yeah. flies are coming on the preacher. Right. That's good. Everything else, including Margot Kidder, is crap. Like, right. <laughs> just, I mean, uh, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but she sucks in that movie. Yeah. Uh, but back to Poltergeist, I, I think that's, and I think that's another thing. Yeah. To, to kind of tie it way back into Poltergeist. Yeah. I think we have better ghost stories like Poltergeist. Yeah. And that's another reason Amityville never really kind of right. hit me because right. it's like, eh, I see better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of which, we usually give a final rating yep. on these films. I, I'll go ahead and start. I will give this film five imploding houses. Okay, out of five. Out of five. Uh, I'm I'm going to give it uh, ten out of ten unmoved bodies. Uh, that's <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and 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 just so you know, I'll, after the show, I will be moving those so that my studio is not cursed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can I can just see you now, uh, with uh, yeah. the person who owns your house. Like you moved the toasters, but you didn't move the bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and now my studio uh, is gone. Uh, anyway. <laughs> oh, there goes the board. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So uh, that's our final verdict. Definitely watch this movie. Um, JT, what are we doing next week? Do you have that up? Yes, I do. Next week, we're sticking around in 1982. Awesome. That was the, that was the year of E.T., the extraterrestrial. Which I mentioned earlier. Yes. That was the year of Poltergeist, which we just discussed about. Mm -hmm. But it was also the year of a box office sensation called John uh -oh. Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, yeah. And if you know anything about the history of that film, you'll know where the joke was in that last sentence. <laughs> and we will talk about it 
next week. Yeah. I fucking love the thing. I cannot wait to get to that movie. Yeah. That's going to be a good one. Oh, yeah. Um, that being said, I will say this. Uh, the Big Sad, of course, coming at you every week, twice a week. Keep listening to that, please. Uh, Splaining. Uh, we are now back up and running again. We just put out a really good episode, really fun one. We took a BDSM test, JD, and found I out, were, found I out how... I refuse to listen to your filth! We found out how kinky <laughs> we are, JT. Uh, so how kinky yes, are you? Yes. Uh, not too bad. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you more about it off offline I'll, here. Since I'm not on that, uh, yeah. that show, I'll just quickly say uh, I, I'm apparently vanilla. Oh, Wow. Wow. I am not. I am ninety eight percent vanilla, which wow. apparently uh, means that I'm just basic. Yeah, <laughs> you a basic bitch. And then also every week, don't forget to listen to uh, that. Their sportscast, Jack Neal, and I have a really good fun time listening to that. For this show, please like, rate, subscribe, and review. And as always, love each other. Bye. Later.